This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Wildly inaccurate. They're fantasy novels. Do they not understand the genre of the bloody books they're supposed to be editing? Lucille, Markovich understands pretty well, actually. It's his job. And all he's saying is that the tea drug scene could use some scientific review. They're witches. With iPhones. And? If you're going to ground your story in that much modern-day reality... No matter how magical and phantasmal your drug is, you need to have so much realistic effects on the victim, even if it technically doesn't exist on today's black market. Philippa, it doesn't exist on the market because it's not a real drug. Because my novels are fantasy fiction. And everyone knows that. But your reading demographic is educated young adults, especially ones that probably have JSTOR access, or a college chem course or two under their belt. This kind of thing gets noticed and called out. A few stretchings of the truth of a magical drug is nowhere near the level of harmful inaccuracies no, as... but people still like to nitpick. Or do we want to repeat of the Twitter shit that happened after book two? <sighs> no, no, good heavens, nobody wants that again. But Markovich honestly believes people won't let their disbelief suspend this tiny amount. I'm so accurate about everything else. I must be the only non-academic over 30 who still has a subscription to bloody JSTOR. People do love being right on the internet. Christ alive. Well, what do you expect me to do about it? More research, Lucille. On mood-altering drugs? I would rather not end up on some ridiculous government watch list, thank you. Again. Okay, well, what about that doctor who's staying with you? Could she be a resource? First-hand account, more likely. Colleagues to talk to? Lucille, 
Angel, you know I don't doubt your work ethic, but despite the many, many complaints you've given to me about what a disruption to your working environment she is, even though there's literally nothing I can do about it... Well, not with that attitude, you can't. It doesn't hurt to work with what you have. You've got a deadline. She's got answers. Can you see what you can do about the scene and then let's touch base? <sighs> yes, of course. Thank you, Philippa. Have a good one, Lucio. Bye. <sighs> oh. That's gotta be a new record. I haven't even said anything yet. Who are you pissed at? I could hear you from my lab. I was on a telephone call with my agent. The editors sent back some... suggestions concerning my latest draft. Wow, someone other than me thinks you're not the hottest shit on the planet? Can I meet this guy? Is he single? Please don't make this more difficult than it will be. Make what? <sighs> Dr. Tucker, I need your... I need your... He- your head. You need my what now? Mm. You know what I'm trying to say. No, actually. I don't speak stiff upper lip. Can you use real English? Only if you get a real feel of stu- <clears throat> Dr. Tucker, may I consult with you on a scientific detail that requires some field expertise? See, was that so hard? Oh, wait, you weren't kidding? Does it look like I'm enjoying this? No, no, you look really constipated right now. Okay, uh, what's the topic? Have you ever experienced methamphetamines? Are, are we being bugged? No! Well, it's kind of an out-of-the-blue question. I mean, not meth, but I'm on Evico, but that's just an ADHD thing. What? What is your question here? I have a character who takes an inhibition-lowering substance, and apparently my portrayal wasn't accurate enough. I assumed you would be able to... to... help... me. Oh, right, because obviously I've done a bunch of those, right? Well, that and your chemistry doctorate. Oh. Right. I forgot about that one. Have you taken that Epico today? Yes! Okay, whatever, I'll... Yeah, I... Probably have some stuff on that. And, oh, shit, I did my thesis for that on... Yeah, give me a bit and I can get you some stuff. Maybe a demo. I could probably do a demo. That would be cool. Give me 20 minutes. A demo, as in... 20 minutes. Bring a notebook. Is... Is she going to take all of them? My one request is that I be given plausible deniability as to however you got these. They're not real drugs, relax. Well, actually, well, we'll get to that one in a second. First, take a look at this cup of coffee. What would you classify it as? Did, did you make your PowerPoint title out of emojis? Is there a single word in this entire presentation? Hey, answer the question. Coffee? The lesser of two options. In terms of effects, what would you say that it does? Gives you energy. Right. And how does it do that? This isn't ninth year, Dr. Tucker. I'm building to it, dude. Come on. 
Just humor me. Fine. Caffeine, yes? Exactly. And that's technically a drug. Caffeine is a stimulant because it prevents adenosine from binding to the A1 receptors in your brain. That's what usually happens, and you get tired and fatigued as the day goes on as a result. But with caffeine blocking the binding process, you feel more awake and alert. Coffee isn't considered a dangerous drug like other stimulants because usually the dose is small enough not to cause massive damage, or at least not insensible use, and because we've normalized it in our society. You wouldn't arrest somebody for getting a Dunkachino. I would. They're horrifying. Well, your leaders outlawed spices for the common man because of classism, so you don't get to comment on what food tastes good. The point is, there are a lot of different kinds of stimulants. And anyone who's had too much coffee or tea in a short amount of time will tell you, big doses of them can, in fact, alter your state of mind. A caffeine overdose is pretty terrifying. And you would know. Shut up. In terms of what you're looking for, the two big drugs we can compare it to are MDMA, also known as ecstasy, and methamphetamine. Ecstasy is synthetic and chemically similar to both stimulants and hallucinogens, aka the stuff that makes you have delusions and rainbow filter according to bad TV. It messes up your sensory perception, essentially. Where the stimulant part comes in is the increased energy, improved mood, and uh, increased sense of pleasure. That's why it's mainly a party drug. It hits the two big brain chemicals, dopamine and serotonin, for pleasure response, but also norepinephrine, which affects heart rate and blood pressure and causes that energy spike. The body's in fight or flight, but, like, a happy one. I see. How long do the effects tend to last? Uh, three to six hours, depending on BMI and other physical factors. Usually people take it as a tablet, but that's not really relevant to this. Now, methamphetamine is the most similar to the stuff that I take, but highly addictive, and only affects dopamine. Very high intensity, short bursts of effect, and a little goes a very, very long way. So, I guess what you want to base the drug on depends on how long the character needs to be high. The thing is, however, you have to remember that drugs don't start working immediately. There's a ramp-up period. I could knock them unconscious? It's your book, dude. All right. What about that one? The other mug? Oh, that? Right! That one! That was my thesis! Your... Your chemistry thesis was a party drug. No, no, dude, this is not a party drug. It's Captagon. Altered phenethylene hydrochloride, to be precise. The Isis drug? Uh, that's its most infamous user, but yeah. It's an amphetamine, too, but when it's broken down by the body, it metabolizes into that and theophylline. That makes it take longer to enter the brain, making it more potent and longer-lasting. Also, less addictive. And you decided it was a grand idea to not only make your own, but alter it, for which they let you have another PhD. Well, I wasn't going to give it to anyone. I just wanted to see what I could do with it. And what did you do? Well... Usually, Captagon comes in tablet form, but I managed to get it into a liquid. This teeny little puddle right here starts working much faster since the body metabolizes it more quickly, but still retains its potency. Pretty cool, right? Well, that explains why you drove up here rather than flew. Hey, you asked for drug stuff, alright? I showed you drug stuff. A thank you would be pretty appropriate here. Oh, alright. 
Thank you, Dr. Tucker, for a slideshow of various stock images and bringing illegal, unregulated substances into our house. I hope you'll be disposing of that in a safe manner. Uh, obviously. What do you think I am, an idiot? Ugh. Is our creamer expire or something? What? Why are you looking at me like that? Oh, fuck. What did you do? I drank Capticon. What does it do? Mine? Yes! I don't know. You never tested it? No. Well, what is it supposed to do? I don't know, but the amphetamines I'm already on aren't going to be happy. It conflicts with your medication? Yeah, Lucy, that's what amphetamines do! They cancel each other out! How long do we have? Well, I don't know. It's liquid and my metabolism hates logic, so I'd say five minutes? Do not call the fucking urgent care! Why wouldn't... Oh, God. It's fine. It's fine, okay? I can promise with 99% certainty I will be fine. 99%? Well, the arm thing kind of threw me for a loop, okay? Cut me some slack here. No! No, Edison! You will not be cut an inch of slack when I so graciously allowed you into my home. Your home? Graciously? And you insisted on conducting ridiculous scientific experiments in the bloody living room. I forgot to secure the centrifuge one time! I cleaned everything up! I established two rules. What were they? Fuck you! What were they? I don't know. Not do my fucking job. All substances that are used within the lab must stay in the lab, and I cannot have to phone the urgent care more than once a week. What was this week? I thought you were screaming in agony. My chemical romance is not a valid reason to call an ambulance. That one doesn't count. Well, if you didn't play your music so horrifically loud. And if you left the house more than once in a blue moon, maybe? Yes, because being the town peanut gallery is an experience that I'm always so eager to repeat. People wouldn't stare so much if you didn't bite the head off anyone who tries to talk to you and stay holed up in this cabin most of the time. Or perhaps it could be that I'm a 30-something-year-old butch woman walking around with a cane. Why do you always jump to that? Why do you always assume that everyone is out to get you and doesn't respect your accomplishments and that nobody, nobody in the world in this town could possibly know how you feel? Oh, and you could. Yes, asshole. Why do you think after all this time I've never read any of your books? Why? Because I can't fucking read! What? I... Oh, fuck. Yeah. Lucy, I can't fucking read. I'm functionally illiterate. There you go. But you have four... Doctorates, yeah. But now you know you were definitely right. And I definitely did print them off the internet because there's no way I could have actually gone to school and gotten them right because I'm stupid. Well, forgive me if I'm struggling to see how... Sit down. What? Okay, fuck you. Sit down. It's story time. All right. I'm listening. If you want to know how dumb people thought I actually was, I got put in SSL classes in the first grade. Which, the level of expectations people have for your cognitive development have to be so low that at the tender age of six... Six. 
they've already thrown in the towel. And little kids can realize that, even on a subliminal level, so I was never really chomping at the bit to prove myself. Which means I was usually left alone to eat glue, or plan future felonies, or do whatever the teacher assumed I would get up to. So I had unlimited time to devote myself to the one thing in the classroom I really, really liked. Puzzles. I fucking loved puzzles. Blocks, pegs, baby Rubik's cubes. I went nuts for them. I could spend hours just working on as many of those dinky, bottom-of-the-educational-funding-barrel puzzles I could get my hands on. But then, one day, I guess Providence or whatever saw fit to smile upon us because we got the holiest of all grails for me. A 100-piece puzzle. I was so excited. And even luckier, nobody else seemed to want anything to do with it. So I opened up that box and I sat myself down and I just dove in. And I guess I was being quiet for once in my life because after about an hour or so, the teacher came over and looked at what I was doing. Apparently, I had almost finished it because that guy was shocked. He asked me if any of the other kids had helped and I said no. Then he asked if I had that same puzzle at home and I said no. So he left for a few minutes and when he came back, he was holding a Rubik's Cube. And he gave it to me and asked me if I could get each side to be a totally different color. So I got to work. And I guess I did it pretty quickly because he got all excited and went away again and came back with a copy of the first Magic Treehouse book and asked me to read it. I didn't have any idea what I was looking at. Couldn't understand a single word. Cotter, the guy's name was Mr. Cotter, went really, really quiet. He got out a workbook and had me take this puzzle test. Easiest shit I've ever done. Then he had me take it again. (laughs) I got a perfect score both times. But I still couldn't read a goddamn sentence of fucking dinosaurs before dark. Cotter got my parents together and told them that, his words, I was dyslexic to the point of functional illiteracy. And also that I had an IQ of 197. He said he was going to try and get me in advanced classes with accessibility stuff like audiobooks and tape recorders and stuff, but they had to have a meeting with the principal first to get it approved. And that woman was a piece of shit. (laughs) Took one look at my redneck ass and gave me a different test with words that I obviously bombed and said, nope, nope, this kid is indubitably retarded. And I went right back to SSL where I stayed until junior year. I had to take the ACT with everybody else and there was an option to take a version with all the questions read aloud. And I got that one. So you can imagine literally everybody's surprise when it came back and I got a fucking 35. They assumed when I took it senior year I would fail because obviously I cheated, but then I got a 36. And that still didn't help me get into any colleges after I graduated, but word must have gotten back through the grades because when Cotter showed up at the bar by the slaughterhouse I worked at, 
He recognized me. And he said he wanted to help. <laughs> Everybody loves a good rags to riches story, but... It's real hard to find anyone who will actually help you tell it. He did, though. Helped me get diagnosed with... Stuff and the meds I needed for it. His sister-in-law did my therapy pro bono for a bit because my family's been broke since the dawn of time and... I have sent that woman an edible arrangement every year since. My score didn't change when I took it again, mainly because you can't really go higher than perfect. And I'm pretty sure that guy risked early-onset carpal tunnel just to take all my rambly-ass dictation. But I got into college. I got into a lot of colleges, actually. Stanford fucking University said they liked my spirit. Ah! I got their money's worth. Turns out, I really was smart the whole time. Who'd have thought? So yeah, Lucy, I busted my ass for every single one of my PhDs. Especially the theology one. You know how much you have to read to understand religion? You know the one thing I physically can't do? I get you think I'm impulsive and insensitive, and I am, I very much am, but I'm not stupid. And you're not the first person to try and tell me that. But I am surprised that, no offense, it's coming from someone like you. I don't get all of it, but I do get it. And I'm sure your books are great. Maybe one day I'll be able to actually find out. Well, at least we know its effects on you now. If I ever need a truth serum, I'll know what to base it on. <sighs> yeah. I, um... You're the first person I've told all that to in a really long time. I do uh, think I might be having a panic attack, though, for, like, the last ten minutes. Everything's kind of vibrating. Or I might be. And you didn't notice? Dude, with everything I just told you, how can you not think these are a common occurrence? Oh, for God's sake, sit down. <sighs> Fuck. No, no, we're definitely at the peak right now. I still don't understand how you're metabolizing this so quickly. What kind of strain is it? You wouldn't believe me if I told you. I mean, I feel great. I feel really great, but also so bad. Yes. Well, let this be a lesson in labeling your containers, then. Or perhaps not keeping them in the same cups you drink out of. It's dish day. I have days for shit. You must have been a delight in university. Hell yeah. Hangover level to match. <laughs> Jesus. Is there... Is there anything I can do? I have a... I can relate to this experience. Drugs? No. Periods of... Of physical distress. Oh. Yes, I... Oh, hell... With my autism, I occasionally shut down, become overwhelmed. It's part of the public events thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 
I like to listen to things. Books, interviews, people talking to get my mind off it. It helps. Oh, I'm not really in the mood to look at my phone, dude. Feels like my brain's giving birth to a new pantheon. Right. Yes. I imagine. Just a moment. copy of the first one of my books. The first, first one, actually. <laughs> Sentimentality. It's a bit narcissistic, I know, but I could always. You did say you wanted to read them, and I don't... Well, or I could put on whale noises. <laughs> no, dude, if you're offering. Consider it payback for the presentation. Yes. All right. Comfortable? I am literally on fighter pilot drugs. Well, this should be enlightening for the both of us, then. <clears throat> it is not your time yet. What? It is not your time yet. That's the first sentence of the book. Oh. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Sorry. Those were the words that echoed in my mind as I once again stared the face of death in the eye and, once again, watched it blink. The trouble with magic in this world is that it has a mind of its own, and once it decides something, there is no stopping the inevitable crashing of everything you once knew to the dust from which it came. Where the Stars Fell is a production of Caldera Studios and is produced and written by Newton Shottlecotty. The voice of Philippa Coolidge was Artemis Zara Gultikin. The voice of Lucille Kensington was Madeline Harvio. The voice of Dr. Edison Tucker was Newton Shottlecotty. Script edits were done by Lucy Brown with a sensitivity read by Kit Adams. All sound effects were taken from Audio Library, Sound Library, Nagati Studio, Original Foley, or used under Creative Commons license. Find transcripts, social media links, and places to listen at wherethestarsfell.com. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. You wake up startled in the middle of the night, convinced that there's something out there in the darkness. Your brain tells you that there's nothing to be afraid of, that the inhuman shape in the corner of your room is just your laundry piled on a chair. But as you hear the ghostly, ragged breathing that doesn't belong to you, you realize your brain is dead wrong. If you love the mix of horror, mystery, and comedy in shows like Buffy, Ash vs. the Evil Dead, or Supernatural, you'll feel right at home on The Crit Show, a Monster of the Week actual play podcast where the players, playing as themselves, are tasked with being the last line of defense from the forces of evil that go bump in the night. Join us every Wednesday and learn the games we play while the gang tries their best to solve the mysteries, hunt the monsters, and protect the innocent. Their intentions are good. Their dice rolls, not so much. You can find The Crit Show at thecritshowpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.